0: Well, all right. All right. Good morning again, everyone. Hey, my name is Rhett. I'm the lead pastor here. It's great to have you join us. Hey, before we jump into the message, can we do something we do every week? And can we welcome our online church podcast family? Come on, One Life Church. Throw your hands together. Show some love. Yeah. Yeah. If you're joining us online, we want to say thank you so much for coming along on this journey today. We love you. We miss you. We cannot wait to see you real soon. All right, you guys, for the past three weeks, we've been in a series we called The Holy Spirit. And uh, actually, I'm going to do something I've never done before, okay? And I'm actually going to press pause on that series for the next two weeks. And that is because for the next two weeks, we're doing something really special. And I really feel the Lord has a message designed for the next two weeks that I really want to speak to you. And it has a lot to do with, go ahead and throw this on the screen. Next Sunday, everybody. Say next Sunday. Sunday. Y'all, One Life Church will be two years old. We are celebrating our second birthday. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty exciting. For those of you who may may not have known, you've come into a church plant. What does that mean? It means we started a church from scratch. Uh, My wife and I moved here in January of 2018 from Birmingham, Alabama, everybody. Uh, (laughs) We fell in love with the Treasure Valley, and not only did we fall in Treasure Valley, Fall in love with the valley, we fell in love with the people, and God showed us in our hearts, gave us a love and compassion to move our family, basically 2,000 miles away from everything we've ever known to come and to love you, to serve you, to do life with you. And so yeah, a few people are excited about that. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's not the reason I'm mentioning that. I'm just giving you a little backstory. Uh, So we didn't know a single soul here in Idaho, but by the grace of God, over the six months, we ended up meeting about over 55 people who committed to being a part of our church and our dream team. And we launched on September the 16th in 2018 with a little over 260 people in attendance. Seven people gave their heart to Christ on that day two years ago. And so that's pretty cool. And so over the past two years, we've just seen God do a lot of miracles in the lives of families and friends, and it is the honor, it is the joy of my life. Actually, on the way into church this morning, I was just thanking God. I was like, God, thank you so much for choosing me, not because I'm special, but just because Idaho is amazing, and the people are incredible, and I've got the greatest job on the planet to get to do life with you in Idaho. Come on, somebody. Aren't you thankful for that? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, more and more I'm becoming, I I just go ahead and claim Idahoan, you know, I still got an accent, I kind of go back and forth, it's like jerking through gears on a manual transmission, you know, Uh, I'm losing my accent, but every once in a while I kind of jerk through the gear and I'll give you, hey y'all, you know what I'm saying, like every once in a while to come out, so uh, pardon me on that. But hey, so we're celebrating our second uh, birthday celebration next week, that's important because we're doing a few things that really excited about, one of those is water baptism, Uh, and, and we'll talk more about that at the end of service, but if you've not registered for water baptism, you can do that at olc.church we also got some fun surprises in store for you you do not want to miss it if you're listening online I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it come and join us be a part of that day it's going to be a lot of fun all right and so that leads me to today everybody say small groups small groups. Got to add the groups, right? Uh, Actually preaching a message today called Donut Do Life Alone. (laughs) Has nothing to do with donuts. Has everything to do with do not do life alone. Small groups launched today. What are small groups, man? Small groups are an opportunity for you to connect in life-giving relationships, not just for the fun of it, although they are a lot of fun. It's also the way that I'm going to show you today through God's word that you can find freedom for your life. And so what we're doing today, these groups launch. I believe we got about 18 different groups so far that have been registered. And today When you leave this service out these doors in the lobby, you probably saw all these tables set up out there, right? We're having what we call a rally day. What's a rally day? It's simply where we come together and we rally around the small group leaders and giving you an opportunity for you kind of just to shop and kind of see and to kind of meet some people and to see, you know, if I'm going to go knock on their door, what do they look like and are they weird, right? Come on, let's just be honest. (laughs) I want to know that you're normal, right? And so uh, that's an opportunity for you, to, for you to do that. And also we're giving donuts away today for free. Everybody, how many of y'all love some carbs, some donuts, some sugar? I know we're in the Pacific Northwest. I know a lot of you in this room would have been fine with carrots and celery, but that ain't happening. I'm from the South. we go going deep fried donuts, everybody. All right. And they have been packaged with love and care with uh gloves and they're all pre-packaged for you okay so uh so you don't have to worry about that all right so we're gonna have a lot of fun so that starts today which leads me to pausing the holy spirit message to bring you a message about relationships everybody say don't do life alone yeah turn to your neighbor and say don't do life alone turn to your second choice and say he's talking to you second yeah yeah all right all right all right Hey, we're a message note-taking church. Uh, I want you to follow along today. If you'll get your smartphone, dumb phone, whatever phone, even your laptop, pull it out, go to olc.church, swipe down, you'll see a few buttons, worship guide, online connection card, and one that says message notes. We are a message note-taking church because I don't want to just inspire you. I want to give you some practical tools that you can live this life called a follower of Jesus Christ out on Monday through Saturday. And this will help you. This will give you the tools and the resources. And this is a really cool tool. A lot of you, I've noticed, have been using it because I get a report, an analysis report that shows how many of you are using it and emailing yourself. You can email this in a PDF document to you. It's pretty cool. And it's a great way to help people. And maybe you've got a loved one or a friend that you want to share the message with with as well. And you can send that out to them. All right, so... If somebody were to ever ask me, Pastor what is the single greatest decision that you've ever made in your entire life? Well, the first thing I'm gonna say is Jesus, surrendering my life to him. Second thing I'm gonna say is meeting my incredibly beautiful wife, who's serving in kids this morning. But I was gonna say, outside of those two things, really the single greatest decision that's made the greatest impact in my life, my family, my friends, and my future, and the reason, honestly, I'm standing here today, it would come down to the relationship decisions that I have made. You gotta understand, you and I, we are who we are. We are where we are. We are a product of the relationships that we have allowed in our lives. We are the sum total of the people that we do life with. And listen, all of us have had bad relationships. We've all been hurt. We've all been wounded. We've all had people walked out on us. If you have not, you have not lived long enough. It's not a matter of if it's gonna happen, it's just a matter of when it's gonna happen. And so a lot of us, especially me, I could go from story from pastors I can tell you stories of friends. I could tell you stories of loved ones. I don't have enough time to get in all of that today. But I want you to understand, I can relate to the fact that many of us have had pain and wounds and hurts when it comes to relationships. And typically what happens is when we get hurt from a relationship, we tend to pull away. We tend to say, you know what? That fire is hot, I got burned, I'm not gonna touch that again. And we tend to wall up our heart, spiritually speaking. From allowing anybody to get too close and we decide you know what I'm gonna take care of me myself and I like I'm gonna get mine nobody else is gonna get in my way and what happens is when we start to live a very self isolated life all about ourselves we then begin the result is we isolate ourselves from the thing that God designed honestly to bring about healing and freedom in our lives and what God designed as a part of the process which I'm gonna show you today is relationships. It's relationships. Now listen, I know that we typically tend to push people away thinking that it's actually going to keep us from hurt, but really in reality it's hurting us more trying to live this isolated life. Now some of you are here today, and I'm just going to make this statement. You know that you can be surrounded in a room like this around a ton of people and still feel alone and still feel isolated it has nothing to do with the amount of people that are around you and some of you maybe you're here today and you can relate to that you're like yeah i'm in this room today or i'm listening online today isolated in my room in my apartment wherever i might be i'm isolated i've got people around me at work and through life but i'm isolated you've allowed yourself to really just become so self-focused that you're alone and there's the problem with that and the bible has a lot to say about living a life of isolation and alone. And we're gonna address that today. Actually, I'm gonna start with a verse that comes out of Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse eight. This was written by a man whose name was Solomon. He was actually uh, a king and he was known as really, honestly, the wisest man who had ever lived outside of Jesus. And this is what he said. He said, there was a man all alone. He had neither a son nor a brother. There was no end to his toil. In other words, he focused on everything outside of relationships and he was miserable there was no end to his toil but yet look at this his eyes were not content with his wealth in other words he accomplished everything the world had to offer this guy had so much wealth so much fortune but yet he was miserable why was he miserable because he was doing life alone don't do life alone everybody say don't do life alone See, my hope today is to convince you that the most important, one of the most important decisions that you can make outside of your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. My hope is to convince you that the next decision that's most important in your life are the relationships that you choose to allow in your life. Now, I've been doing this a long time, and I know the first thing that happens when I tend to even bring a thought, especially towards something like relationships, we tend to kind of push back and Give some excuses of, well, why I'm not going to allow that in my life. So I just want to go ahead on behalf of all of those in this room who are thinking of some excuses right now. I want to expose them because I think it's a lot of fun. So here's five common excuses that many people give us. Number one is, well, I just didn't know. I didn't know. If you're taking notes this morning, write this word, naivete. That's the way I say it. Naivete. Well, no one's ever told me that before, Pastor. I didn't know. Well, once you write that in the blank, you can't claim that anymore. Now you know. Guys, are really bad at this. Um, a lot of us think we don't need anybody in our life. We're like, man, I'm tough, man. I'm strong. I can do this, man. Uh, I used to move furniture as a living. I'll never forget some of the guys. Man, I can carry that couch up two flights of stairs. I don't need any of you. I can do it by myself, man. I'm strong. Yeah. Like, yeah, go for it, bro. You can, you can absolutely get it there. But here's the truth. The truth is, once you get it there, you're going to hurt. You're going to be in pain. Your back's going to be broken. And now guess what you're going to need? You're going to need a hospital bed. And you're going to need some people to help minister to you. Why? Because you did something stupid alone. You tried to take a sofa up two flights of stairs by yourself to prove that you could do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Don't be naive. <laughs> you need people in your life. You know, I was reminded of a story of people who think they can do things on their own. You know, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Muhammad Ali? Anybody? Am I the only one? Muhammad Ali? I am the greatest. Like a butterfly, sting like a bee, you know? Uh, He was known as the greatest boxer who had ever lived. And he was really known for a lot of his fun sayings. And he considered himself self-proclamation. I am the greatest. And so one day, this is a true story. Muhammad Ali is on an airplane. And as he's on the airplane, the flight attendant notices that Mr. Ali does not have his seatbelt fastened. So the flight attendant, nice, comes over to Mr. Ali, says, Mr. Ali, I notice you don't have your seatbelt on. I would like it if you would please put your seatbelt on. And Mr. Ali, the kind of guy he was, he's like, "Oh man, Superman don't need no seatbelt." And so the flight attendant, she was pretty witty. She was like, "Well, okay, I understand that, but here's the thing: Superman doesn't need the airplane either. Now put on your seatbelt." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It's true. We're not that tough, you guys. Don't be naive, don't do life alone. Here's a second excuse many people tend to give us when it comes to relationships, and well, that's just not my personality, you know. I'm My temperament, write temperament down in your blank. It's just not who I am. Rhett, that's easy for you, because you're loud, boisterous, obnoxious sometimes, but we deal with it, because we love you. But I'm, I'm a little bit more quiet. I'm a little bit more reserved. You know, I'm, I am just, I don't need people around my life. I'm just, I'm better off. Alone. Well, I've got some life-giving words that I want to get give you today. You ready for this? And I mean this in the most life-giving way. Okay. If if that's you this morning, you're thinking it's just not your personality. You ready? Get over it. (laughs) I'm just trying to bring some love and some hope to you today. It's time that we get beyond the excuse of our personality. My friends, is it tough to do relationships? Is it tough to join a small group and to meet people you don't know? Yeah. Is it awkward? Yeah, it's awkward. (laughs) At first, for everybody. But is it worth it? Yes. Yes. It's 100% absolutely worth it. I'm gonna show you today from God's word. But this one always tends to lead us to this third excuse which is, man, I'm just afraid. I've got fear. I'm afraid of the unknown. And many of us who are parents, we have kids that deal with this every time school comes around. It's like that first day of school, right? Is your kids are afraid of the unknown. And many of us approach small groups like that. Well, I don't want to go to that rally day. I kind of want to dip, duck, and dive all those tables when I leave today because I'm a little unafraid of the unknown. And listen, I get it. <laughs> Because Christians, I'm talking to you this morning, okay? If you're not a Christian here today, I'm not talking to you in this moment. But if you're a Christian today, we can be a little weird sometimes. I didn't think I'd get a huge amen on that. But the reason a lot of people are afraid to do life with Christians is because sometimes they can be a little weird. Now, look, if you can't make fun of yourself, who can you make fun of? And some of you are thinking, man, if I go knock on that door, somebody's going to open up the door and go, Hi. Welcome to our home. And they're gonna take you through the kitchen, and you know what? You guess it the only drink that they're serving in the kitchen is Kool-Aid. <laughs> and then you kind of approach around the corner, you look in the living room, and there's a circle of chairs in the living room, and there's one chair in the middle of the circle, and guess what? That's your chair. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh dear Lord, I have come. Get me out of here. Where is the exit? And you're thinking, my God, they're going to put me in that chair. They're going to lay hands on me and make me confess every one of my sins and drive the devil right out of my life. You know what I'm saying? You think that that's going to happen. And can I just tell you, my friends, that is not going to happen. Take a deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. That's not how we do things here. And if I find out that's going on, y'all better let me know because we're going to put an end to that, okay? That is not what small groups are all about. That's not what you're going to discover. Actually, what you're going to discover is that you're going to meet your new best friend. That's right. yep. You're going to meet your new best friend. And over time, as you build relationship and you find that you have some things in common, that trust is going to be built. and The walls will begin to fall. And then you'll begin to be a little bit honest with some of the struggles in your life. And this is what you're going to find. You're going to find empathy. You're going to find people... People are going to say, you know what? Yeah, me too. You know, I dealt with that. Or actually, I'm dealing with that. But not only are they going to tell you that they've dealt with that or that they're dealing with it, they're going to say, but let me show you the road to freedom that I've found. That's what's going to happen in a small group. And this is what small groups are all about. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. Look at this. It says, friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what? You two? I thought I was the only one. Can I make this statement? I want to be very clear. One Life Church is not full of perfect people. It's not full of perfect people, including the person who's speaking to you today. You know, if you've been here a while, I know you've heard me say this, but I'm going to say it again. Listen, I got some issues. As your pastor, I've got things that the Lord is working in me that I'm dealing with on my journey and road with Jesus of finding freedom. Now, here's the thing you got issues too. All God's children got some issues. And if you don't think you got an issue, well, my friend, guess what? That is your issue. (laughs) So we're all in one big happy family. Listen, we've got to stop playing church just for a moment and realize that the church is supposed to be a hospital for the hurting The church is supposed to be a place, a safe place for us all to gather and find healing. I tell it like this a lot. I'm like, listen, we're all in this hospital together. We're all on this same journey together. Some of us have just checked into the hospital a little bit sooner than the other, okay? None of us are perfect. We're all walking this thing out with Jesus together. So hopefully that brings some comfort to you. But every one of us, me included, we need a safe place that we can be honest and real and say, you know what, I am mad. I'm frustrated. I'm dealing with things in my life that I've been dealing with for the past 20, 30 years that I cannot seem to get free from. I need some help. And you need somebody on the other end saying, I understand. I get it. Man, come on. Let's walk this road together and let's find freedom. This is what we need. This is what we need. Here's the fourth excuse. Just trying to help somebody this morning. When it comes to relationships, many of us say, well, I've been hurt in the past. Like I've got some past experiences in my life that have hurt me so bad that I just, I don't want to deal with it. And to that, I'm not trying to make light of that. I understand the pain of that, but you know, I like to eat at restaurants. How many of y'all like to eat at restaurants? How many of y'all have ever had a bad experience at a restaurant? That should be 100% of everybody in this room who's ever eaten out. I've eaten at several bad restaurants, but you know, the funny thing about restaurants is it hasn't stopped me from eating just because I've had some bad experiences at other restaurants. Actually, I'm doing pretty good right now, you know? I got the quarantine 15. I think that's what they call it, right? (laughs) Moving into the fall, I'm making my New Year's resolution now. (laughs) Yeah, we've all been hurt. We've all dealt with this pain, and I get it. Listen, something's happened in your life, my life, where there's hurt, there's pain, there's betrayal, and we've made the decision, No, never again. I'm not gonna let that happen. I'm not gonna let you get that close. And I just wanna say, my friend, that pain... With that person wasn't just about you and that person. It was beyond that. The devil was up to something far greater. The devil was looking down the line to your future to try to mess up that relationship so he can mess up every other relationship that you would ever have. To keep you away from God's design to find freedom and to find healing which comes through relationships. So it wasn't just about you and that person. It was far greater than that. It was about the next generation. It's trying to destroy you and destroy every other relationship in your life. And here's the last one. An excuse is, well, I'm just too busy. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> and Can I tell you, this is the one that pet, this is like my pet peeve. Like, if you tell me you're too busy, I'm like, I ain't buying it because we all have the same 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. Because this is what I've come to find out, everybody. Correct me if I'm wrong. We make time for what we want to make time for. The things that you do are because you want to do them. I never met one person who said, I want to go camping and didn't go camping. They end up camping. Why? Because they love camping. Nothing wrong with camping, but you're going to do what you love. I never met one person or one lady or even some dudes that, like who loves shopping right? Say, you know what? I'm just not going to buy anything. No, people that love shopping, guess what they're going to do? They're going to call it creative financing, however that may be, and they're going to find a way to spend some money and run up that credit card. You're going to (laughs) do what you want to do. Listen, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. I'm not looking to add one more thing to my plate, just like I know you're not, but you know what I am looking for? I'm looking for someone who I can do life with, who will encourage me, who will speak life into me, who will love me for where I am in life, who will call me up and call me out. You know what I am looking for? I'm looking for freedom. And because I'm looking for freedom, guess what? I'm making time to find some freedom. How am I gonna do that? Through small groups, through relationships. Guys, it is time to stop making excuses. It's time to grow up and become a man and woman of God. It's time to take a step to find healing. It's time to move forward to the future that God has called for you to make a difference in not only your life, but in other people's lives. It's time to get past the excuses and to put relationships in the right perspective back into your life because it is God's design for you to find freedom, for you to find healing, Well, Rhett, that's just your opinion. Show me God's word. Okay, here we go. You ready for this? James chapter five, verse 16. Look at this. Confess your sins to each other. Time out for a moment. Notice I highlighted word, each other, each other. In other words, you need to have somebody that you can open up to in your life. You can't do it alone. You need somebody else, but it just doesn't need to be just some random person. It needs to be somebody that you're connecting with relationally and where there's trust that's built. Because not everybody needs to know your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just a certain few who have your back. And so we need a place, a safe place with someone we can confess our sins to. In In other words, just be open and honest about the things we're dealing with. But not only that, it goes on to say, and pray for each other. Have a conversation with God for each other. Why? You ready for this? So that you may be, read that last word out loud, healed. God's design for you finding freedom, God's design for you finding healing isn't just through his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Yes, but his design is also with people, its relationships. And that's why First, uh, Peter tells us in First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 through 11, look at this. Peter says, hey, above all. Now time out for a moment. Anytime you see these two words in Scripture, let me just teach you how to read the Bible. When you see above all, you want to time out and you want to slow your roll down. And you want to find out what's on the other side of those two words. So let's take a look. What's on the other side of them? Above all, love each other deeply. In other words, love people and don't do life alone. Why? Why? ready for this? I love the rest of the verse. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Doing life in relationship with people has the power to set you free. It's hard to believe until you've experienced it. But once you experience it, it's like, oh my goodness, I want the whole world to know. Because I want you to be free. And this is my hope as a pastor for you today. So how do we do it? Look at the rest of the verse. Here it is, we offer hospitality, we open our homes, we go hang out at coffee shops, we go to the park, we, we, we do small groups with one another without grumbling. In other words, stop making excuses about doing life alone. That's what grumbling means. Stop making excuses about doing life alone. Take a step, take a step. Make the choice to walk into life-giving relationships. They're not going to find you. You're going to have to find them. And good thing is they're right outside these doors. They're in here. But once we're done, they're right outside those doors. I'm telling you. So, okay, now that we've we got the excuses out of the way, okay? We got them out of the way, all right? So now the question is how do we do it? Like what's the practical ways that we can go about doing this? Because, I, okay, I'm almost convinced that I need to do this. Well, here's what we want to do today. I'm convinced there's four decisions that I want to encourage every single one of us we all need to make at least one of these four. Maybe you don't need to make all four, but I guarantee you on this list, there's at least one of the four that you and I need to make. And here's the first one, and that is I need to cultivate my critical relationships. Write that down. I need to cultivate my critical relationships. Critical relationships, what are they? To God, their family, their friends. I've got critical relationships. You've got critical relationships. Like I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a pastor, I'm a friend. And this is the statement I want to make is that great relationships don't happen on accident. Great relationships happen on purpose. Relationships are a four-letter word. Work. What did y'all think I was going (laughs) to say? Relationships are a four-letter word. All right? It's work. It's work. But just because it takes work doesn't mean it's a bad relationship. Listen, my friends, I live with an angel. My wife is not only the most beautiful woman on the outside, she is on the inside, and she is an angel. And I know y'all think living with an angel is easy. (laughs) It ain't easy, y'all. She's always slapping me upside the head with those angel wings. I'm like, what are you doing? Get out of here. She's blinding me in the eyes with her halo. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's hard being married to an angel. I live with an angel and my friends, our marriage still takes work. So what do we do? We cultivate our marriage. (laughs) We make time for what's important. Everything that's important. Everything you're thinking it is. We make time for a lot of things. Every Monday we go on a date and it's not lavish Our son, thank you, Jesus is back in school. So we got a little bit of time. (laughs) On Monday's our day off. And and so we typically go get lunch together and we look at each other in the eyes. And we're like, hi, my name is Red. It's nice to meet you. When did, you know, (laughs) we reintroduce ourselves to each other. We're cultivating our relationship. We're working, we're talking, we're listening to each other. You know i love the bible it says when it comes to relationship the bible actually uses analogy uh, references the church kind of like as as a body and relationships like body parts and how we're all supposed to be connected and supported together look at this colossians chapter 2 verse 19 the whole body re- referring to the church uh, is supported and it's held together by relationships ligaments and sinews marriages families relationships are all coming together all coming together and connected and they're growing as God causes it to grow. And here's the point of what I'm saying is that we all need to focus on the connecting points. We all need to focus in this body that God has called the church. We need to focus on the most critical things, which are relationships. The relationships are the things that connect us. And just like a real body, you guys, just like us, our health, we need exercise. We need dieting. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. He's, he's convicted me right now as I'm speaking to you. Right? We all need that. What? To live a long life. Because if we don't do those things, we're going to die early and we're going to be in a box and then life is over. Right? No, no. We want to take care of the critical relationship, which is our body. So we're going to feed it. We're going to clothe it. We're going to do the best that we can. Well, the same is true in our marriage. we got to make quality time for each other. we got to do more listening and talking. i got to work on that one, y'all. Because <laughs> my wife... Just wants me to listen, and I just want to fix everything. Because that's what husbands do, right? We don't want to fix it. Well, we got to make time for each other. we got to cultivate the critical relationships So, marriages. we got to take time to put things aside and look at each other in the eye, have some conversations, listening. Parents, how do you cultivate that relationship as a parent with your kids? For the love of Jesus and all things that are holy, please throw that iPad and that device away for the, like 30 minutes and look your kids in the eyes and get on their level. Play with them. Go outside, spend time with your kids. Don't let the device be the babysitter. You don't want to look 10, 15 years down the road and have Dora the Explorer being the one that just raised your child. No, my friend, you are a parent for a reason. (laughs) Nothing wrong with a device, but it can't be the only thing that they have all the time. My friends, as a parent, you got to cultivate that critical relationship and your time is short with that friendships man we got to pick up the phone we got to text somebody we got to encourage somebody and tell them hey man I'm thinking about you or hey man I know today's your birthday happy birthday you're awesome or whatever it might be you got to cultivate those things it's important to cultivate the critical relationships and here's the bottom line before the fire goes out you got to cultivate the relationship before the fire comes out goes out my friends a fire dies when there's no more logs on the fire put another log on the fire Your grass dies when you don't water it. Your plants die when you don't water it. A fire goes out when there's no logs on the fire. Can you restart a fire without a log? Yeah, absolutely, but it is a lot more work. Come on, y'all know that living up here in the Pacific Northwest. You got to go out and buy firewood or cut a tree down or whatever. Put a lot of newspaper, throw a ton of gasoline on it. This is how I do it. Throw the whole box, <laughs> throw the whole box of matches on it, right? You got to do what you got to do to cultivate the critical relationship. Relationships need log on fire. Don't wait for the fire to burn out at a log. Every- Y'all, this is good preaching, everybody. Come on, somebody. I'll amen myself. <laughs> so if you're married, don't quit. Don't quit. If you're married don't wait for this just to happen. Like you take, like, don't wait. If you're a parent, listen, you can't quit. You're a parent. You're stuck with that one. Okay. Like you keep moving. Don't wait. So not only do you need to cultivate a critical relationship. Here's the second thing. We need to restore broken relationships. I need to restore my broken relationships. And this could be a very painful process. And I mean, even at the mention of that, I can feel the weight in the room just kind of shift a little bit. It's because you're feeling the hurt and the wounds and kind of reliving some of those things in your mind. And I just want to make this statement that the pain of fixing a broken relationship doesn't compare to the pain of the broken relationship over a lifetime. When I get sick, I go to the doctor. And typically the doctor says, hey, I can give you, I can give you some relief. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm actually want to give you a shot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Doc, is there anything else you can give me besides a shot? He's like, hey, I know it's going to hurt a little bit, but the benefit is going to be long-term relief. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? The same is true when it comes to restoring broken relationships. There may be some temporary pain in the, in the, in the now, but over a lifetime, there's long-term relief when you've restored some broken relationships. And here's what I want to say to that. I recognize, you guys, the truth is, you're not gonna be able to fix every single relationship. You're just not gonna be able to do it. It's impossible. Why? Because it takes two people in a relationship to make things work. That's why they call it a relationship. And typically what happens, I've been doing this a long time, you got one person that wants to play ball that wants to fix it, you got the other person that's like, nope, I'm done, forget it, I'm out. And so when you got one person that wants to play ball and the other person that doesn't, it's, it's not, it's not gonna work. And this is what I'm gonna tell you is if you're in that situation, I just wanna encourage you, at least do your part. I want you to live out what Paul tells us in Romans, chapter 12, verse 17 through 18. Look at this, don't repay evil for evil. Look, I know they hurt you. And I know you wanna do in the words of Carrie Underwood is take a Louisville slugger to both headlights. Whap, whap. I know you wanna hurt them back, I get it, right? We're all human. But instead, look at the verse. If it is possible, and sometimes it's not, but if, it's, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If you can't live at peace with them, my friend, at least live at peace with yourself. Live at peace with yourself. How? I've got one word that's very difficult to even say. You ready for it? Forgive. Forgive. Can I just tell you what forgiveness isn't? Forgiveness isn't making light of what they did. It's not even acting like it was no big deal. No, that's not forgiveness. It was a big deal. They hurt you, they wounded you, they walked out on you, they betrayed your trust. That's a huge deal. Forgiveness isn't reconciliation. In other words, it doesn't mean that you've gotta be friends with this person. It doesn't mean that you've even gotta live life with this person. What forgiveness is, is forgiveness is freedom. Show it to you. I love this quote. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. The prisoner you set free by forgiveness isn't them, it's you. Forgiveness doesn't set them free. My friend, forgiveness sets you free. If you don't believe me, let's look at what Jesus said. Let's look at the red letters in the Bible Matthew chapter 6, 14 through 15. Jesus himself said this He said, My friends, if you forgive other people, When they sin against you, your heavenly father, he'll also forgive you. To which I know what some of you are thinking, well, I don't want to. I don't want to forgive them. Well, here's the beauty of God's love. You don't have to. It's like serving God. He doesn't force you to love him. That's the beauty of love. Love does not force love. God gives us a choice. That's the beauty of salvation. Through Jesus, it's a gift. We don't have to receive it, but we can receive it. And when we do, we receive eternal life. So you don't have to forgive somebody, but I need you to understand one thing. There's more to this verse, and I'm about to show it to you. A lot of pastors stop there because they don't want you to, they're kind of afraid to say the next verse. But I can't stand up here and be responsible to you and be accountable to God without showing you the rest of the verse. And so these are God's words, so please don't be upset with me. But look at this. If you don't forgive others, their sins. Your father, he's like, okay, well, if you don't forgive them, I'm not going to forgive your sins. And so because this verse exists, I need forgiveness so bad in my life. I'm like, God, I forgive them. I'm mad at them. I'm frustrated. I can't believe they did this. But God, because I need forgiveness, I forgive this person, fill in the blank, him or her. God, I forgive them for wounding me. I forgive them for hurting me. I forgive them for stabbing me in the back. I forgive them for putting me in debt. I forgive them for walking out on me. I forgive them for the betrayal that they did against me in the relationship I had with them. I forgive them. Why? Because I, God, need your forgiveness myself. Paul from a prison cell said this in Colossians chapter three thirteen. he said bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances that you may have against one another. He is in a prison cell locked in chains and he is living out what I'm preaching to you today, he's like, listen, guys, I've been changed because people who were mad at me and offended me are, and, and were mad at me, they put me in jail because of the good news of Jesus, but I'm not mad. And I just want to encourage you to bear with each other, forgive the grievances you may have. Why? Because in order for you to be free, in order for you to be healed, look at this, you've got to forgive as the Lord forgave you. And this is my hope today as your pastors, to help you find some freedom. And I can't help you unless I preach the truth in love. And I hope you hear my heart this morning. Freedom begins with forgiveness. Here's number three. When it comes to making a decision, I'm convinced and number three, you need to learn how to cut off harmful relationships out of your life. And you know the relationships I'm talking about. These are the toxic relationships you've allowed to be in your life. Some of you in here today, you have been flirting with other people on Facebook, on Snapchat, don't act, don't act like I, we don't know, we know you've been doing it, right? That is a toxic relationship. You're in a relationship that's trying to destroy you and destroy your marriage and my friend, it is time to cut off that toxic relationship. It's time to start hiding the sickness and disease That's been bringing so much shame and guilt in your life. It's time to cut it off, to sever it once and for all. And some of you are so far deep in it. You're like, Red, I feel so trapped. I don't know what to do. Some of the ladies are here this morning. You feel, I feel trapped. I've been talking to a married man via Facebook and chat. We went to high school together and this is what's been happening. Can I tell you what you need to do today, young lady? Let's pull out your phone. Go to Facebook, go text them. It's O-V-E-R. Pastor said, it's over. Brother, it's over. (laughs) Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more. My friends, change your cell phone number. Block them on Facebook. Delete your social media accounts. Do whatever, move to a different state. Change a different zip code. Whatever you gotta do, my friend, I'm telling you, it is that important that you've got to learn to cut it off. Some of you guys, man, you're hanging out the water cooler. You're going out after work and you are hanging out with people who are straight up trash talking. Trash in, trash out. You hang around trash. Guess what, my friends? You're going to become trash. (laughs) Aren't you glad you came to church today? And I'm just saying, man, it is time to man up and walk out of that trash talking mess. Woo. You gotta say, man, I am not having that junk in my life anymore. My family's more important. My friends, my church, my family, the calling of God on my life is bigger than the mess I'm dealing with by hanging out with these trash-talking fools. Because God's got a plan and a future for me. God has a lot to say about it. Look at this, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Is it that critical, right? Yes, it is. Hang out with toxic, toxic, trash-talking fools. Look, watch your life falls to pieces. Some of you are experiencing that right now. Why is my life falling apart? Well, look at who you're doing life with. Proverbs 13, 20, new century version. Spend time with the wise and what will happen? You will become wise. But friends of fools, man, you're going to suffer. Proverbs twenty seven nineteen: a mirror reflects a man's face. But what you really look like is really shown by the kinds of friends that you choose. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. It's time that we start hanging out with friends who fit our future and not our history. This is what small groups are all about. This is what relationships are all about. This is what the life giving church is all about. It's giving you an opportunity for a fresh start to meet people on your way out of here today who aren't perfect, who've walked these same roads, but who are willing to give you a fresh start. Say, Hi, my name is. We love you. We're for you. We want to speak life into you. We to encourage you. And we want to have a lot of fun while we do it. It's what small groups are all about. This is huge. 2 Corinthians six fourteen. the Bible says this. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Now, we don't really use this word in our culture today. Yoked, what does it mean? It means just don't have common fellowship. It doesn't mean not to hang around them. It just means don't be so close to them that they influence your spirit, your mind, your will, your emotions. Don't be so close to them that you share some of the intimate things in your life that they don't need to know. That's what it's saying. Why? For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Here's the answer. They can't have a relationship. That's why we got to sever it. We've got to cut it off. Man, I'm just trying to help you find freedom today, guys. Here's the last one. Brings you joy. Makes the other three easy. You ready? I need to initiate some life-giving relationships. I need to initiate. I need to make a choice. I have got to make a decision when it comes to this. In other words, you don't have them yet, but you need them. Hebrews ten twenty five, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us initiate some life-giving relationships. Let's encourage one another. Let's get in small groups together. And all the more as you see the D, capital D, day approaching, referring to the day that we stand before God and give account about our life. So where can I find and initiate some life-giving relationships? Right, I'm balled in. It's time for me to take a choice. I'm ready to move forward. Where do I do that? Where do I begin? I'm so glad you're answering that. I'm, ask, I'm so glad you're asking that question today. Here's the answer. You ready? I'm going to give you three. 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 Everybody say three. Three. That will change your life. The first is you need to make the personal decision that I'm going to initiate a relationship with My church. My church. Every single one of us needs a home. It doesn't have to be One Life Church. Our arms are wide open for you. We love you. We welcome you here, okay? Our only agenda as a church is to see that your life is thriving and you're becoming the man and woman of God that God's called you to become. And if we can be a vessel for that to help you, we want to be that for you. But if we're not your flow, if we're not your fit, if you don't like the way I preach, it will not offend me at all. I've got seven other pastors on speed dial right now in this valley who are amazing. And if you're looking for something specific or special when it comes to a church or a church family that you want to be a part of, I would be glad to help you get connected with them. Because our job isn't to grow One Life Church. Our job is to grow the capital C church. Every church. Not just One Life. It's not about One Life. It's about you. I'm so helping you grow and connect. And, it, and so every single one of us need to find a place that we can call home. And I'm not just talking about going to church. Because there's a lot of us in this room that just go to church. I'm talking about being the church. There's a huge difference. And look at this. Psalm 92, 12 through 13. This is what happens. Why is it important? Because God's word tells us that the righteous, that's you and I as followers of Jesus Christ, were made right with God because of what Christ has done. The righteous will what? Flourish, will thrive Like a palm tree, he uses an analogy here that none of us understand, but like a palm tree, they'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon. What does that mean? It means your life will be, be full of vitality, fullness of strength. When you're planted, when you don't just come to church, when you actually be the church, jump on a team, make a difference with your life, get in small groups. When you're in the house of the Lord, look at this. A lot of you are like, man, my life is not thriving right now, why? Well, are you planted? planted, not just come, but are you like being the church? Is your life reflecting that of Christ and serving others and loving others and taking the gifts God's given you and living that out? I'm just trying to preach God's word to you today. I love you enough to preach the truth. I do not want you struggling. I want you to find hope. I want you to find healing. I want you to find freedom. I want you to find life. And it comes with being planted in God's house. And so we have a class we call Discover. It's currently online. You can go to olc.church, click the button that says discover, and you can begin to take that road. It's online right now. We will be bringing it back to you in person on September the 27th. For you extra note takers, you can write that down. Second relationship I want to encourage you to initiate is relationship with small groups. With a small group. Why? Because of this verse right here in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 through 10 and 12. And again, this is not my opinion. This is God's word. Look at this, two people, you're better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, guess what? The other one can reach out and help. We get that in every area of life, but we tend to miss it when it comes to the spiritual things. But notice this, the rest of the verse, someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone, Look at this. Some of you are being attacked and defeated. Why? Because you're standing alone, a person standing alone, isolated around people, but isolated to yourself. You're being attacked and you're being defeated. But my friend, two, can stand back to back and conquer. Three, those who are in a life-giving church and in small groups with life-giving friends are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. My friends, life change happens in life-giving relationships Life-giving relationships, they'll change your life, but don't take my word for it. Look at a family here, the Painter family. We created a video, our creative team put it together. Take a look at this.
1: Before small groups, my life was really dry. I was in a really dry season spiritually. And even in our marriage, I'd say we were really struggling.
2: Yeah, before we got connected to One Life Church and into small groups, um, we were going through the hardest season of our marriage. Um, It was just a really rough year, and we were disconnected from relationships and community, and we were doing life alone, and we just were arguing a lot, and um, it was just a really big struggle in our life.
1: But then we decided to join a marriage small group, and it was a lot of fun. We had a really good time doing that.
2: Yeah, we got to connect relationally with some amazing couples and play games and have fun with them and really get to know some other people and in that we found out that we're just not on this journey alone and that there's other couples who were going through similar struggles as us.
1: Yeah, it's just amazing uh, by taking a simple step and joining a small group has really changed our marriage.
2: I also joined a women's small group on Sunday night. It's called Tea Time and it was just a group of ladies getting together, having coffee, dinner together, and just getting to laugh and talk and enjoy each other's company and it was just awesome how it just really gave me the energy I needed to make it through the week. And then Nick also joined a men's small group.
1: So I joined a men's small group and it revolved around sports and I love sports. And we had a really good time doing that. And it's just amazing how I was able to find life change doing something that I love. If you're thinking about joining a small group, do it. I found freedom in my life, in my marriage, and in my family. Life change happens in
0: relationships. Amen, can we put our hands together for the Painter family, everybody? Amen. There are so many stories after stories of people just like the Painter family. Um, If you sit down and talk with them, they would share of how much life change has actually happened by just a simple process of taking a step into a relationship with a small group. And I want to encourage you to do that. Here's number three, and then we'll close and pray. And that is we need to initiate, honestly, what is the most important life-giving relationship of all. It's the single greatest decision of your life and that is, write this down, it's your relationship with God. Hey everybody, look at me right here. Your relationship with God is the single greatest decision of your entire life that will bring life into you. Will you bow your head and will you close your eyes? Nobody looking around, nobody moving. Did you know that God wants a personal relationship with you? If there is a single message I need you to hear today, it's the fact that God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Listen, God's not mad at you. He knows the things that you've been doing, but he knows that is not who you are. The gift of eternal life doesn't come from going to church. The gift of eternal life doesn't come from joining a small group or doing Christian things. No, the gift of eternal life It's a gift, it's free, you can't earn it. It's been given, it's called grace. And God gave it to us in the gift of Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that the wages or the penalty of sin in our life is death. What is death? It's separation from God. And many of you are in this room, you're experiencing death, you're experiencing shame, you're experiencing the guilt that has come from the hidden secrets that nobody else knows about. But God knows, because he loves you enough to be that involved. The gift of God is free, it's eternal life, and it's good. It's pleasing, it's perfect, it's wonderful. And it comes through the gift of Jesus. That's why John three sixteen: for God to so love the world, that he gave. God doesn't wanna take anything from you. God wants to give you something. He gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him, won't die, won't perish, but you'll have eternal life. God did not send Jesus to condemn you, He sent Jesus to save you so you could experience a fulfilled life. John 10:10 says, says it best. Jesus Himself said, My friend, I've come so that you may have life and life more abundantly. Romans 10:9. If you'll just confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and that Jesus is Lord. His word says that you will be saved. So no matter where you are today, whoever you are, I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you down front, but it would be my honor to pray for you because you've been going too long without this relationship. You've been hopeless, and today is the day to find hope. It comes through Jesus. Some of you had a relationship with God at one time, but you walked away, and today is the time to come back into that relationship. So whoever you are, wherever you are, would you be so bold and courageous as to just raise your hand right now in this moment? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. No one's looking around. But if you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and experience the hope and the life and the love and the grace and the fulfilled life that can be yours today through him, would you just be so bold to raise your hand? Now is the time. Today is the day. You are not promised tomorrow, my friend. Today, this is your moment. God bless you. You can put your hands down. If you're bold enough to pray this, I would encourage you to pray this out loud or underneath your breath. to say, Jesus, I believe in you. You died and rose again. I believe you paid for my sin. So I ask you to forgive me. Come live inside of me. Change me. I declare you as my Lord. I declare you as my Savior. I put my faith and my trust in you today. I give you everything. Now pray this. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your power to make a difference in this world and to help other people. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Hey, hang with me just for a second. Listen, maybe you raised your hand, maybe you didn't but maybe you know who you were. You prayed that prayer for the first time. I want you to know that is the single greatest decision of your life. You are a Christian, you are saved, and your eternity has been sealed in heaven with Christ and through Christ, and that's amazing. And we're so proud of you. But there are other steps to take, and I wanna help you with those steps to church. So that connection card you received in your worship guide or that connection card, if you're listening online at olc.church, click the button that says online connection card. Let us know you made the decision. Why? Because we wanna send you one email simple one email to let you know of some simple next steps and those next steps are on you so hey you guys can we put our hands together this morning celebrate with those who made a decision to follow Jesus